the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we take your calls. We try to answer your questions about God, about the historical Jesus, about the Bible, about worldviews and world religions. There's a reason why we call the program Crosswalk. It is the intersection of Christian faith. And Christian living. This is where doctrine meets duty and belief meets behavior. This is the program where we try to not just simply ask, but hopefully find answers and then applications to what the Bible says about any given subject. So we talk about the past, which includes the subject of history. We talk about the subject of prophecy, which includes the future and the truth. But we also talk about the here and the now. And if you'd like to join me, it's 303 303- 873-1935. It is breaking news that the United States Supreme Court has um, said that they will, in fact, rule on the subject of whether the former president, Donald Trump, can remain or be taken off the ballot. Um, it seems to me that what they're going to have to do is, because he's been removed from the ballot in Maine and uh, Colorado, that the justices understand that they have to make their decision quickly because voters are going to be casting presidential primary ballots across the country very soon. So the court has agreed to take up Trump's appeal. Uh, They said beginning probably at at, at the first part of February. So um, all of this comes from the events of January 6, 2021. And, uh, of course, the president was never charged with nor convicted of any crime or insurrection, if you will. And so the court is going to be considering for the first time uh, the meaning and the reach of the provision of the 14th Amendment barring some people who, quote, engaged in insurrection from holding public office. And so you'll remember that the uh, the amendment was adopted in 1868 in this post-Civil War world, and it's been rarely used that the nation's highest court had no previous occasion to interpret it, but the Colorado Supreme Court ruled four to three last month that Trump should not be on the Republican primary ballot. Now, it's interesting, even their vote fell along lines. They're all liberal. They were all progressive uh, judges on the Colorado Supreme Court, but four of them were Ivy League school judges, and the three who dissented happened to be graduates from uh, DU. So I found that kind of little tidbit very, very interesting. And Trump is 
separately appealing to a state court the ruling by Maine, Maine's Democratic Secretary of State uh, Sheena Bellows. And so it's my understanding that three of the nine Supreme Court justices obviously were appointed by the former president, though they've repeatedly ruled against him in 2020 election-related lawsuits. And so, again, there are those people who will suggest that uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh need to recuse themselves. But, again, a plausible case could be made that, no, the Supreme Court has consistently ruled against 2020 election-related lawsuits. So it's all going to be very, very interesting as things heat up. Now, it is true that the 4-3 to three Colorado decision cites a ruling by Gorsuch when he was a federal judge in Colorado. And the Gorsuch decision upheld Colorado's move to strike a naturalized citizen from the state's presidential ballot because he was born in Guyana and he didn't meet the constitutional requirements to run for office. And so the court found that Trump likewise doesn't meet the qualifications due to his role in the U.S. Capitol attack um, on January 6, 2021. And so that day, the Republican president had held a rally outside the White House and exhorted uh, the supporters to fight before they walked to the uh, the Capitol. So it's going to be interesting. 303-873-1935 is the number if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. I wanted to... Um, make reference to a article that was posted on the free press site. And many of you know the name Barry Weiss and Oliver Weissman, but there were um, predictions for 2024. And Neil Ferguson, who happens to be a fellow at the Hoover Institute and uh, the author of many books, but he's a person who I've come to regard. Um, he, he says certain things that are very, very interesting. Now, obviously, he needs to be taken with a grain of salt, but he makes an interesting statement in this article uh, contemplating defeat in Cold War II. So he's he has characterized the time that we're living in right now as Cold War II. Other people have um, characterized this time in which we're living in as a kind of a pre-stage of world war. Some have drawn the um, relationship between what's happening now to 1936 and 1939. Now, you'll remember during that time, the civil war in Spain was raging and it was uncertain who would win. Italy and Germany um, 
were helping Franco in Spain while the West remained silent. And the same goes with Czechoslovakia and Austria, two sovereign nations which are still independent but on the verge to be annexed. And again, the West does nothing. And so by the time this pre-war period, the fascist regimes have achieved everything with a Hitler-Stalin pact and the gates towards World War II are getting ready to be fully realized. And so Neil Ferguson talks about this time. And he says in this article, and I think it's important, he says, quote, I think that there's a decent chance, this is Neil Ferguson at uh, the Free Press with Barry Weiss, he says, quote, I think that there's a decent chance we'll lose Cold War II. And he says, that's what people find really hard to visualize. The reason people don't worry is that they kind of think, well, we all, we're always going to win. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. And I'm like, no, Neil Ferguson writes, you have to contemplate the possibility of losing. The United States did not inevitably win Cold War I. It looked like it was losing for most of the 1970s. By 1979, it looked like it was in real trouble. And I think we just don't get across to people what losing might be like, what it might, that it might be bad. And so he's talking about what will happen if Cold War turns into hot war in 2024. I'll have more when we come back. 303-873-1935. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. The number is 303-873-1935. I'll come back to Neil Ferguson's article here in just a moment. But we've got calls. And I love, love, love taking your calls, by the way. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Heather, welcome to the program. Hi, Gina. How are you? Doing good. Good. Um, I just have a, two questions. Um, one of them is I just have a question about um, when, like, the seven seals or trumpets or whatever, does that happen before the rapture or after? I think it happens after the rapture, my own view. Now, different people have different views, but my view is that these are a series of end-time judgments from God. They're described in Revelation chapter 6. They go all, uh, Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 through 17, and then Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. And so in this series of visions, John has a vision. The, 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 the seven seals hold a closed scroll in heaven, and each new seal is broken, and then a new judgment is unleashed on the earth. And then following these seal judgments are what's called the trumpet judgments, and then the bowl or the vial judgments. And so uh, what precedes this is this vision of the heavenly scroll. Different people have different views. My own view is that this is sort of the title deed to the earth. This This scroll is the mechanism whereby people get to ask and answer the question, who has the right to rule? And so John is weeping over this unopened scroll and its unbroken seals. And then he receives good news. 
the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And I think that's a picture of Jesus. And the lamb who is slain is also the lion of judgment. And so Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only one. He's the only one worthy to judge the world. And so this is the the kind of the difference. Imagine we're living in a world that's suffering the consequences of our own bad behavior, and we're living out the bad behavior. Or imagine Satan is uh, persecuting, tormenting, and harming the planet, if you will. And so that's why I think from a from a chronological standpoint, this is something yet future. Okay. Yeah, because I know that, you know, just hearing a lot of people in different places in the world hearing these trumpets and stuff. And um, and so I was just wondering about that. Um, yeah, and, 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 then, and, the, and one of the reasons why I also think it's something future, because if you if you read the text, do you know what the first seal is? It introduces the Antichrist figure. Mm-hmm. And so this Antichrist figure, in my view, has yet to be revealed. And so for for me as a Christian, I'm not looking for the appearing of the Antichrist. I'm looking for the appearance of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But but make no mistake about it, an Antichrist figure will come on the scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. And then, um, yeah, my next question is I've been hearing things like on I don't know, different people saying things about like three days of darkness that's going to be happening and kind of speaking to children of God, like to, you know, as a warning that there's going to be like three days of darkness. Is that in the Bible that we're going to have to endure? There there are hints at times of darkness. Now, there Mm -hmm. could be any number of reasons why that might happen. I mean, just from an astronomical standpoint, can you imagine if some, for some phenomenological reason that I don't yet understand, the sun's rays are just not able to come to the earth? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, w- what would cause a darkness like that? W- would the earth stopping its rotation, would that cause darkness? If it flipped on its mm-hmm. axis, would that cause mm-hmm. darkness? What, what is happening and so yeah. to your point, does the Bible um, speak of, of days of darkness? And there's a hint um, that obviously takes place with, um, with the, the – what's the word I'm looking for? With the death of Jesus, there's a period of darkness. And, mm-hmm. and so – there, there is, um, there is. I'm, I'm trying to think of the specifics, the the specific statement, and I, I'm going to suggest to you that this is probably something that Padre Pio said. He was a Roman Catholic priest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think of a of an exact specific passage that talks about three days of darkness. And mm-hmm. maybe there is one, but I'm I'm not remembering it. 
Okay. But I do remember there was a um, a prophecy that was given by Padre Pio. I don't know if you know that name, but he I was don't. a Roman he was a Roman Catholic priest who had stigmata. In other words, his hands would bleed and his feet would bleed. Um, and so I don't think that has anything to do with the Bible. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Just, uh, just wondering, I feel like everything's just getting more and more crazy and just right well, out the gates. So that's, yeah, that's, that's part of what I was talking about earlier, you know, with Barry Weiss and what's being predicted for, for 2024. And and what's interesting to me about what you're t- saying is 2023 has been quite the ride. So mm-hmm. so if if we ask and we answer the question, well, what's 2024 going to be like? Yeah. I mean, sure. think about it. We've got mm-hmm. a Middle East growing more unstable. The war in Ukraine uh, isn't going Kiev's way. Xi Jinping is getting more threatening each and every day. And there is just this possibility that one bad choice could ignite the Middle East into some sort of horrible conflagration. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, not to be a doomsdayer or a doomsayer, um, because I, I, I actually really do believe with all of my heart that God is in control. And that yeah. things are going to, in fact, unfold exactly as the Bible teaches. It was Anne Graham Lotz who said um, something to the effect that the world isn't falling apart. It's falling into place. Yeah. Thank God we have that hope and the peace and truth to know that. <laughs> exactly. But that is interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Hey, well, thank well, you for your call. I'm very thankful for you. Yeah. God bless you. Well, God bless you. Maybe I'll talk a little bit more about those seven seals since you brought it up. Yes, please. <laughs> hey, thanks. 303. <laughs> <Okay>, thank you. 303 <laughs> That's the number if you want to join me on the program. And, um, the seven seals are an interesting thing. And, and you know, again, I, I'm happy to say that different people have different views. And so when I'm talking about the seals and the book of Revelation, I am coming from a very specific point of view. And my point of view has to is with the idea that much of the book of Revelation is something that has yet to take place. And I know that the, the letters to the churches that begin in the first chapter and the second chapter and the third chapter of, of Revelation speak specifically to churches. And did they have something to say to the churches that were around in John's time in the first century? The answer is yes. Does it have a challenge and an application 
to the modern church? I think that the answer is yes. But I think after the third chapter, beginning in the fourth chapter, the things that are spoken of seem to relate to something in the future. So, again, if you'd like to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And we got we, I had a caller who called in saying something about the three days of darkness in the 17th century. And there was a um, an individual um, named Anna Maria, I think you pronounce her name, Tagi or Tagi, T-A-I-G-I. And she, so this is a, a view that's held by some Roman Catholics. And so apparently uh this idea of three days of darkness, she made a prophecy. And this is, uh, her prophecy's been recorded. You can find it in Wikipedia under three days of darkness. So, so again, in the Bible, there's three days of darkness, obviously, during the time of the 10 plagues. Um, and, and John mentions a plague of unnatural darkness in the sixth seal. So I'll come back to the sixth seal and then, and the fifth vial. Um, and, and then this so-called three days of darkness prophecy from some private revelation by this person named Anna Maria Teji. And according to Wikipedia, it says that this is her prophecy. She said, quote, there shall come over the whole earth an intense darkness lasting three days and three nights. Nothing can be seen, and the air will be laden with pestilence, which will claim mainly but not only the enemies of religion. It will be impossible to use any man-made lighting during this darkness except blessed candles. He who out of curiosity opens his window to look out or leaves his home will fall dead on the spot. During these three days, people should remain in their homes, pray the rosary, and beg God for mercy. Um, so again, there is a Roman Catholic view. Now, again, do I subscribe to this? No. Do I believe that Anna Marie Tegi or Tegi um, is a true prophetess? No, I do not. Do I think that her prophecy will come to pass? No, I do not. Um, but there will be, according to the Bible, a series of judgments that will, in fact, take place. And in the book of Revelation, like I was talking about in the seven seals, they're spoken of in, in Revelation chapter 6, and Revelation chapter 8, and like I said, the prelude is the to the opening of the seven seals is John's vision for someone worthy to open the seal or the scroll. And, of course, uh, John sees the scroll containing the judgments of God, and the fact that it's written on both sides indicates the extensive nature of the judgment that's coming. 
and a mighty angel cries out, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Um, in verse two, and no one was found worthy of breaking the seals and opening the scroll, a fact that causes John to begin to mourn. And if the scroll couldn't be opened, then the wickedness wouldn't be judged and evil would continue to infect the earth. So as John is weeping over the unopened scroll and the unbroken seals, he receives good news that the line of the tribe of Judah from the root of David has triumphed. He's going to open the seals. And then he says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, verses 6 and 7, standing at the center of the throne. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Again, a picture of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the only one worthy to to judge the, the world. And then as he takes the scroll to open the seals and pronounce judgment on the unbelieving world, the, heaven, the beings in heaven glorify him with a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll to open the seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And so with each seal... Um, the scroll is unrolled a little bit further and bit by bit, the judgments of God that are going to be made during the time of the tribulation unfold. And the first four of the seven seals released are known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse because the judgments appear symbolically as a horse and a rider that bring devastation in their wake. So the first seal introduces the Antichrist in Revelation chapter 6. And from the biblical description, we gather several details. He rides a white horse, which speaks of peace at the beginning of the tribulation. And then the Antichrist will come under the pretense of bringing peace to the world. And he will be given a crown, which indicates that he'll have at great authority. He holds a bow which shows his true intention, and he advances as a conqueror bent on conquest. And then the second seal, when the Lamb opens the second seal, great warfare breaks out on the earth. And this is symbolized by a rider with a large sword on a fiery red horse. And so then the third seal... Um, causes famine, and that makes perfect sense, that famine often comes um, after war. So the rider that John sees is riding a black horse and holding a pair of scales in his hands, and then John hears a declaration that people will have to work all day just to earn a little food, and then the fourth seal is open, and John sees a pale horse and its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind. And the result of the fourth seal is that one-fourth of the Earth's population are killed by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the Earth. So pause and think about that for just a moment. There's a series of seals, the revelation of the Antichrist. A great war breaks out. Famine breaks out. And death um, 
becomes prevalent over the course of the earth. And then the fifth seal reveals those who were martyred for their faith in Christ during the tribulation. And so the souls of these martyred are pictured as dwelling under the altar in heaven because God hears their cries for justice. He gives each one of them a white robe. The martyrs are told to wait until the full number of the of their servants, their brothers and sisters are going to be killed. And so God promises to avenge them, but the time wasn't yet. Now, what's interesting to me about that is that when things seem hopeless and out of control, it doesn't mean that it's going to remain hopeless and out of the out of control. And then in the sixth seal, when the lamb opens the sixth seal, the, a devastating earthquake takes place. There's a massive upheaval. There's terrible devastation along with astronomical phenomenon. The sun turns black. The moon turns blood red. The heavens recede like a scroll being rolled up. It says every mountain, every island is moved from its place. And survivors of the sixth seal, regardless of their social position, take refuge in caves and they cry out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Who can stand? And so after the opening of the sixth of the seven seals, there's an interlude, just like there's an interlude now in our program. So John is going to describe the 144,000 Jews who are protected during the time of the tribulation in chapter 7. He sees a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne. So, with the break comes another break. 303-873-1935. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. And I was, I've been talking about the seven seals of judgment and talking a little bit about the first seal, which introduces the Antichrist, the second seal, where war breaks out, the third seal, which causes famine, the fourth seal, where John sees a pale horse, and the rider is death, and Hades is following close behind. The fifth seal um, reveals those who are martyred for faith, and the sixth seal when the Lamb of God opens the sixth seal, this devastating earthquake takes place. And in the interlude of Revelation chapter 7, we see this picture in heaven. And John describes 144,000 Jews who are protected during the tribulation. And in heaven, John sees a great multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And these individuals are wearing white robes, holding palm branches, and shouting, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then John is told, well, who are these people? And it says, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. 
They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And they're given the promise that never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. And this is that passage and in that context that we read, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. And then the seventh seal comes. And before I talk about the seventh seal, though, I do want to tell you, because of the context of tears and pain and sorrow one day going away, but you can make the decision for at least some relief, hopefully lasting relief from your joint pain. You don't have to go another year compromising because of the pain in your knees or neck or shoulder. You can call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. Your body has what it needs to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. And QC Kinetics can make that happen with no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. And so guess what? The future of pain treatment has arrived, and QC has tens of thousands of satisfied patients all over America, people with back pain, hip pain, any pain associated with arthritis or injury. And again, this isn't a superficial fix. This isn't a Band-Aid. It's a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again. You can get your life back. And again, remember, it's non-surgical. This could be the year that you get to decide to fight back against pain. You can call for a free consultation. Put it, Get on the calendar now. 303-900-8986. That's 303-900-8986. 86. So back to the seventh seal. The seventh seal takes place when the lamb comes to the end of the scroll. And it says there's silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Now, producer Geronimo, some theologians have pointed to that passage of Scripture and says, silence in heaven for about a half an hour as proof that no women get to go to heaven. Oh, but I don't think that that's what it means. The silence in heaven is recorded in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. The judgments that lead up to the close of the tribulation are now visible, and they're so severe that a solemn silence falls upon all of heaven. In other words, can you imagine? It's something so bad that that people have nothing to say. And so the seventh seal obviously introduces a series of judgments because John immediately sees seven angels who are handed seven trumpets that are ready to sound. And then an eighth angel takes a censer. This is picture, picture um, like uh, what you burn incense in. So it's it's something that you would put incense in, and it, and it says that it burns much incense. 
because I think this represents the prayers of God's people. And then the angel takes the censer, and it says in verse 5, he fills it with fire from the altar and hurls it to the earth, and there are peals of thunder and rumblings and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And so once the seven sealed judgments are finished, the next part of the tribulation is going to begin. It's going to feature seven trumpet judgments. And so maybe I'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. The seven trumpets that are found in Revelation chapter 8 and chapter 9. And uh, the seven bowls and vials in Revelation chapter 16. So there are three end time judgments that unfold in the book of Revelation. Just in case you were wondering, is it just one big judgment? No, there's a series of judgment that take place progressively. And just like I said earlier, there are seven seals. Then there are seven trumpets, and then there are bowls, and they're connected to one another. So the seventh seal introduces the seventh, seven trumpets, and then the seventh trumpet introduces the seven bowls. And so the seventh, so when you think about these series of trumpets that are taking place, they include hail and fire that destroy much of the plant life on the planet Earth in Revelation 8, the death of most of the oceans in Revelation chapter 8, the darkening of the sun and the moon in Revelation 8.12, this plague of demonic locusts that torture the unsaved in Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, And then there's a march of a demonic army that kills one-third of the human beings that have already been left from the previous judgments in Revelation chapter 9, verses 12 through 21. And so, the seventh trumpet calls forth seven angels that carry seven more bowls of God's wrath. Now, what you should be wondering is, at what point will the human beings say, okay, we're ready to repent. We're ready to abandon our sin and trust God. But no, the bowl judgments are going to include a series of painful afflictions. So the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls all comprise what the Bible calls the great day of God's wrath. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be back hopefully prayerfully taking your calls, answering your questions.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.